0: It's a great city. I think they got the best organization in the NBA. But they do have some big old I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why don't you take your pants off? The balls are I understand.
2: Come
1: on, take it quickly, Yes, big match. one, money's in the fucking reserves. Listen, I ain't going to forget about this by the time we get by the way. Sorry. Hello and welcome to episode 218 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Tom Kennett, Jack Harper and Alex Jones. Plenty to get into this week. News of the week, as always. A bit on Sergio Aguero. Does he deserve a new deal? Does he not? will make Man City's mind up. Are Brighton simply unlucky or is there a bit more to it than that? See, we're going to delve into XG. That's the kind of podcast we are these days. What does the team need to do to break into the big six? We'll let you know. And then finally, we're going to get those Canelo views in. Me and i will do a bit on Canelo and his critics. How is everyone doing today? As if I haven't just listened to Jack try and uh, do an Instagram story for the last five minutes. Let's put him in poetry. It
0: is hilarious if anyone does want to check out. I mean, it'd probably be a wrong time to check it out but if it's still up it's funny yeah. it's worth the wait anyway Byron I would say I
1: mean we're, 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 we're 22 minutes late starting because Alex has decided he needs to do overtime he's got his employer in his Twitter bio but not us and now he's doing overtime to delay the pod as well you're in the Insta bio
2: which is much more it, Twitter's, Twitter's dead anyway Insta's where it's at
1: I don't know anyone else that isn't like on Twitter, kind of for their job, but as their employer in their buyer. <laughs> Don't know what you're showing uh, off here.
0: No, 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 uh, no, no, are, are you, I bird. do you always find this odd. Like, when people put their uni He's degree putting in,
1: constraints on of, himself.
0: Uh, what's, what's going on here? Why do I need to know this? What if,
1: and I mean, three of us have been there, sometimes you want to drop a bit of a risque
0: tweet. Alex doesn't have that luxury. I wouldn't know anything about whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, like Jack said, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> Jack can't be putting his employer into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's
0: that's why I don't need. To, I haven't got my picture on there. I'm just, uh, just a
1: <laughs> Getting a bit of feedback from one of you. Don't know which one it is. One of you's one of you's got a fan on or something. But anyway, news of the week. There is plenty of it this week, so I will get straight into it. Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen have launched their own podcast on Spotify. Um, Not giving that a plug, it just made me think what bizarre combo I would like to make because a lot of the ones I would think of, like you would put, say, people have been saying they want Michael Richards and Roy Keane to do a podcast together talking about football, but it seems Barack Obama and Bruce Springsteen are just going to be talking about life. So I don't know which two random people. I think Joey Diaz and Troy was two that we've said before would just be a great mix. <laughs> I think uh, Rory said that would be the GOAT podcast, actually.
0: What was what's the name of it's called complete mind blank of Mr. Darcy and Bridget Jones? It's Colin Firth. Colin Firth and Joey Barton. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Crikey. Sounds like one of you sat in the rain. I don't know which one of you it is. Now, Alex, you have just worked out who it is, but I don't like that you've taken over there. You've crossed a line by muting people. I, I didn't realise. No, no, I didn't realise. I didn't realise I had that power.
0: Can I, can I do that? Is this is going to get... Re- okay,
1: Alex has just it. muted you, if you haven't realised.
0: <laughs>
1: I,
2: I thought that was muting it for I mean myself, myself. In
1: fairness. Uh, no it <laughs> popped up on my screen saying that Alex had muted you That's, <laughs> this is is like in Peep Show when uh, Mark takes over on the pub quiz machine gets the correct answer but super hands tells him you crossed a line there <laughs> I don't know if I can trust <laughs> you anymore
2: I thought that was gonna mute. I thought I was gonna mute uh, just just for me, and I was gonna you know process elimination. But I didn't realize I muted him. hovered over
1: TK's name. (laughs) one of the things Alex (laughs) comes out with weekly. I don't think he even expects us to believe it. Um, No, no,
2: no. no. Honestly, I've got experience in this line. I've got experience in this line. With muting uh, In some of the group sessions that I do on that Zwift that I use for the biking side of things, there's uh, people with their like their turbo trainers grinding in the background and not on the setting that you call push-to-talk, and people get mad in there, so you have to like isolate who it is and then mute them on your own device, so that's what I was going for.
1: I've got Sky Sports on in the background here. Tubes interviewing Lucas Moore. Did Tubes shave his head just for this interview? Yeah. Or has he shaved his head for a while?
3: No, he's had a shaved for a while, I think.
1: I thought he'd shaved it just to speak to Lucas Mora,
3: <laughs> which would have been great. Um, he's a lot less fun since he's sobered up, tubes. Yeah. Damn shame. Spend
1: three days with your wife, three with your girlfriend, and then take one off. That's Jharkhand Police's bizarre solution for an extramarital affair. <laughs> seems fair as well it's a good Um, little equation Pakistan police are popping their rollerblades on to catch Karachi's criminals actually you commit a crime and you see someone flanking towards you (laughs) with their rollerblades on because there's no way you can't look menacing when people are going fast on rollerblades because they've got that little strut you've got to do to go quickly you've got to get that low center of gravity and be charging (laughs) forward (laughs) that would be the most menacing thing in the world did any of you play that Dreamcast
2: game or may have been GameCube game where you had to go around, um, like you were like skaters and you had to go around and um, draw graffiti on the walls in different places and you were like chased by the police? It was like a sort of like a techno y Japanese y kind of themed game. Any of you play I that?
1: You were describing Tony Hawk at first.
2: It's not
3: like Tony Hawk with a bit more crime in there. Yeah. <laughs> I did have a Lego like game
1: on the on the like PS One when I was younger, where you are on a skateboard delivering pizzas. <laughs> Great game looking back, Lego Island, I think it was called. Um, Surly seal spotted on Charlottetown sidewalk is apprehended by police. <laughs>
4: you know what,
1: how you must feel if you see a seal on the street. <laughs> I apprehended. It? Is that <laughs> the a, they seals just got are it one s- of them that like, cartoons the made seal? you think were well, like a cute animal, and then you see one and they are horrific? Did you describe <laughs> what? it as surly?
3: What?
1: What? Yeah, actually, I think of a walrus. Not <laughs> you just chilled
3: on the side, causing trouble.
1: <laughs> In Charlottetown. Actually, those seals look quite nice.
2: You say that, but I've seen a video of a seal like uh, a, a little girl sat on by the dock's edge and a seal jumped out of the water and pulled her down.
1: <laughs> if you if you if you if you type seal into Google Images, you've just got a load of pictures of seals and then they're just a picture of the musician just buried in the middle of it.
3: <laughs> <laughs> what is this seal? Did seal get arrested? Is that what you're trying to tell us?
1: No, but there's also a headline. Photo of seal with eel in his nose goes viral. Can't believe that didn't get picked up by News of the Week. Hmm. What else have we had this week? Uh, woman in motorized wheelchair robs downtown Jacksonville Bank. That's Ooh. the kind of equal opportunity we like to see on the podcast. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that's what happens when you put ramps outside of places. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Illinois lawmakers want to ban Grand Theft Auto amid spiking carjackings man with swastika on forehead accused a randomly attacking woman with flamethrower in Perth you don't want like to judge people based on appearances but if you see a man walking towards you with a swastika on his forehead I'm probably crossing over
0: yeah I'm giving him a live birth there hey
1: maybe maybe it was the, pe-
3: Let, the actual meaning no, maybe, maybe it was the actual meaning in of his hand
0: maybe, <laughs> maybe
2: maybe it was the actual meaning of the swastika the peaceful the peaceful sign <laughs>
1: you're yourself here alex <laughs> I'm, glad not, I'm glad we're
2: not in his bio. how <laughs> do you know the flamethrower wasn't pest control
1: for like bugs or wasps or hornets in australia Turns out like it's just bootlegger walking down the street. <laughs> I was going to say, what well, if it's a bootlegger
2: It's <laughs> <dish. laughs> just about um, to see him walking down the street and, like, me gently nudging his head. Don't worry, I'm sure it's just pest control.
1: Chinese man causes power outage after trying sit-ups on a 30-foot-tall electric pole. Oh. Why do you wake up in the morning and think, you know, what I fancy doing today?
4: <laughs>
1: um... Sacramento mum says Catholic school expelled her three kids over her OnlyFans account.
0: See, <laughs> so I always see this. Like, Twitter... Hi. Twitter's algorithm must think I'm, like, super horny or something because all I see is... <laughs> oh.
3: You know how the algorithm <laughs> works, right, Joe? <Jack?
0: laughs> nurse got for, and as the boss found OnlyFans and there's, like, nurse, teachers, and then someone always quotes saying, and I found a OnlyFans and it's free. I'm like... Why do I always see this, this same tweet, but loads of different quote tweets? If
1: if any school kid's mum has an OnlyFans account, they deserve to not go into school. The school should be like, you know what, fair enough, I don't blame you. I
2: I actually, so so, (laughs) I actually know, well, I don't know the kid. But somebody that's in my uh, in my uh, you have to say you've got to yeah. so my,
1: this then. <laughs> So so
2: so my so my my missus. Sure on his my, phone my, out. My my missus is a <laughs> primary school teacher, and she, one of her students' mums is on OnlyFans, and <laughs> did go out of her way to prove that to me and show me that she is like, for, on Instagram and stuff, the links and stuff, and she is on OnlyFans. So that poor kid. That poor lad is going to
1: grow up. God forbid the days a month, that he gets the second school. pulled score. up your bank statement saying, what's this, Alex?
3: <laughs> <laughs> just for research uh,
1: purposes. Boston Dynamics condemns robot paintball rampage plan. Arming <laughs> a robot with a paintball gun is just never going to be a good idea.
0: those <laughs> and closer to Terminator.
1: Yeah. By the day. Um, Rosamund Pike says movie posters have been edited to make her chest look bigger without prior consent. First thing I thought when I saw this is that's definitely a woman that's edited that poster because there isn't any bloke that needs her to be slightly enhanced to think that Rosamund Pike is is good looking. Like that's not changing anything. Them editing the poster at least enough for them to make it look like it's natural. So I think someone has done that, thinking they're going to sell a few extra posters and all it's done is offend Rodman Pike. And the movie doesn't look very good as it is, so maybe they were just trying to sell a few extra uh, copies. Hasn't been exposed yet who it was, but she's not happy. It's called Nerd Immunity. Wearing glasses may protect against COVID-19 study finds.
0: I saw, I saw that.
1: How? How? I'm guessing just... You, you, can't feel, get the germs you don't rub your eyes. So easy.
2: You don't rub your eyes as much? You definitely do. Can I
1: say? I'm not sure, say, I'm not sure that's true.
3: Um, do, there's do a rather we mean.
2: glasses? Do we there's a rather mean
3: thing to say there where just people don't go near people with glasses, but I yeah. won't say that's That's nasty.
1: Oh, that would be nasty. Indian man killed by his own rooster during cockfight.
0: <laughs> oh wow! He like glued razors onto his feet, and it like slash his jug All this one. crushed The
3: cock bit back. <laughs> uh,
0: Florida golfer
1: found drowned after searching for lost ball. <laughs> Newest Las Vegas slot machine is 11 stories tall and dispenses used cars. Blimey. me. <laughs> am not dropping down, but <laughs> <laughs> the chaffle, chaffle on the top shelf. Um, man hits priest and barricades himself in Florida church. Is it in, in real life? Can you do the thing like they do in Hunchback? Like where you just claim sanctuary and nobody can come in? surely every criminal would just run from the nearest church like going into the uh, garage on gta
3: just come out of come out of a spray paint yeah just lose all your stars quick go into the church as a pedo come out as a priest <laughs> no one will question it it's fine
1: <laughs> yeah. it's one of those weeks Somewhere we're only about 10 minutes in Woman pulls up carpet to find hidden hatch to creepy basement she never knew existed. Sheesh. Alaska woman attacked from below by bear while using outhouse. We've seen this <laughs> before funny. where it's been like a snake in the toilet, and it's like feasibly I can see why maybe you didn't see this or a spider. If a bear is reaching <laughs> up for your toilet, that's on you. <laughs> also the thought that the bear has just been patiently waiting.
2: <laughs> apparently, apparently they are bad sports. It's quite common for you know bears to sneak up on people when they're, you know, relieving themselves.
3: A <laughs> bad sport. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Boy almost died when he swallowed 54 magnets to see if he could become magnetic. <laughs> Natural selection has got to take got to take over at this point. I don't know if I gave the headline last week where there were uh, parents worried because there were nonsense posed online as chicken nuggets.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think you did...
1: That's another one where, come on, if you're getting caught up by that. Uh, man found naked in car parks and he was on his way to buy wet wipes, but got lost. <laughs> that was
2: in I Wales. Least... <laughs> At least he didn't say he was waiting for a mate.
1: <laughs> All right, that is news of the week taken care of for another week busy week this week we've had a couple of uh, dry weeks and come out of fire in this week and uh, still waiting from that for that sponsor from uh, barack and uh, bruce something well, i'll be waiting them on a while podcast. <laughs> they get get them get on. <laughs> no they get us on theirs <laughs> Alright, so on to the football. Should Aguero get a new deal? If not, who could replace him? So he's only started four games so far this season. He's on a two hundred and thirty grand a week and his contract expires at the end of the season. Do any
3: of you think he should get a new deal? I would in their shoes. But uh, I'll let the, floor carry on. The, week. the the problem the problem is with them the the kind of there's not really much risk to paying him that much, whereas letting him go and them having a, a banging season elsewhere is more of a problem for them. That's a that's a worse look for them. Look at say you know I know it's an extreme example, but Barstone get letting Suarez go. And then him going on doing what he is at Atletico. There's a very real risk that Aguero could do that as well. Money isn't really an object for I I don't think like Aguero
1: most... would stick in the Prem though. He said he, he's always said he wants to go back to Argentina, and if it's not there, he's probably going to Barca, isn't he? Yeah, it would mean, be horrific by them.
3: If you had some sort of you know knowledge that he was going back to South America, I think you could probably get away with it. But if you're just saying. Look, we're not going to offer him a deal. He can go anywhere. I do think if he goes and pulls somewhere else in Europe, I don't think that's a good look. Apparently,
1: they're saying to him, look, you can stay, but they want to chop his wages in half.
3: I mean, that would be the ideal scenario, wouldn't
1: it? But how how willing he's he's going to be, I don't know. No, he's not having it. I'm not surprised.
2: Are they in a position where they need to get some players off the books to bring players in. I'm, I'm not sure what the rules are at this point. in well, the. Uh, well, with...
1: Pep said last summer that he, he, much like everyone else, was struggling financially and then they spent £120 million that window. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're one of the few teams where they'll keep saying they're struggling because you know, you're not going to come out and say, we've got loads of money. You have the same thing with Arsenal every year where all the papers would say early doors that we've got this war chest. And then a little bit further down the line, they say, well, oh, actually, Arsenal have got nothing to spend. And it's probably somewhere in between. Well, they, well, they were never going to buy five, six players.
3: So it was a war chest.
1: Yeah. or trying found... <laughs> to The party deal down. But for, for them, he's only worth it if you can get the games out of him and, so far there's four games started all season is is rough.
0: Mm-hmm. He's like this though, isn't it? He's always got an injury when he comes back, he's almost I, like left.
1: I thought that and then I looked through and he, he he's he's starting about thirty to forty games a season. I mean two seasons ago he played fifty games.
4: That's it's,
0: insane,
1: Fair enough. Last season it was thirty-nine. So I had the same thought until I went and had a look and
0: it's weird, he seems to always be injured, but that... I think this is when he's with...
1: not. He'll play in the League Cup, he'll play in the FA Cup. Yeah. Because I guess they want to make the most of him while he's fit.
0: Mm. I, I think the way that he buys into the way City plays, I think he's irreversible in that sense that... You'd, I would expect City to go hell for leather for Haaland. Because one, I think they have the money to do it. And two... What they can offer him right now with Madrid the way they are, the way Barcelona are at the moment. I think Man City is probably one of the best propositions in world football because you have tons of money and they build such brilliant teams around them. Like I saw that stat of like 330 million sat on the bench at the weekend. and I just think if you're a football player, you're thinking, I'm, I want to go there because if we lose anyone, they just go and buy someone even better they have no qualms in spending the cash on building a team around well, you. Whereas, the, you look at the financial instability of Barca in Real Madrid at the moment. Um, I think, proposition-wise, if they win the Champions League this year, Haaland goes there. Uh, well, I've
1: got, I've got the, the, the five kind of most highly touted players that they've been linked with from a striker's perspective. And if we go through them, then we can maybe say that the pros and cons of that, the likelihood and so on. So, Haaland, good place to start, Jack. He's, he's top of the list, obviously. Um, numbers speak for themselves 17 goals from 17 Bundesliga matches, eight from five in the Champions League this season. He is going to be the, the number one name on most people's uh, wish list this summer in terms of the big clubs. The reports from Germany say he can leave Dortmund for a release clause of 75 million euros but that only kicks in uh, in 2022 so you would have to wait in the season but you'd think City if if they do like the player would get in before the competition hots up.
0: Yeah, because I was thinking the Premier League is really where everyone wants to play now and with Barca and Real Madrid kind of faltering in the way that they are and just They were the only real rivals when someone thought they always just nick the best players. Whereas now, because we pay the most, I think people are turning their heads. I think Erlen Haaland, you could put Erlen Haaland into any team in the world and he just fits straight in. It's like, he shouldn't fit into the City team because he's big, he's gangly, he's strong. But the way he plays football, he plays it so cleverly that it's almost like he's got Aguero's feet, but the physique of Peter Crouch is so strange. The
1: thing about Barca and Madrid is, even if we think maybe it's not quite the same, the appeal of playing for Barca and Madrid is still there. Yeah, I've mentioned Arsenal already, but you still get players coming in now saying about that they loved Arsenal growing up because of the French players. We've not had any players like that for about eight or nine seasons. So it's going to take longer than that for the Real Madrid-Barca thing to falter and it, it, it not be quite the same thing there. You have players going to United when they have absolutely no right to be getting a player mm. like Pogba at the time and so on. So
0: Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. like they, they're, they're going to want to be the people that bring that great club back to the fore again. I get that. But I think for a realistic chance of trophies, there isn't really... Any other club in the world that's more geared up for that than City. They've just got a horrendous record in Europe, which is what's holding them back.
1: I know I know you but, said um about his his style. So he has in in the last season improved his link up play. Um his aerial ability was another one which um people used to say kind of needed work in that's obviously improved this season when you look at the goals he's scored. So he is improving very quickly, he, he, his footballing brain as you hear a lot and obviously you've got the link with his dad playing for City so he mm, has a bit exactly. of a uh, thing there.
0: I hope it's one of those where you think he's going somewhere and he just ends up at Chelsea like Eden Hazard did. That, that would be nice but I think he's tailor-made for City um, but he's tailor-made for every single club in the world I think because Yeah. Like if you want him to play strong, hold up the ball, create goals for yourself you'll play that. But if you want him to do link-up play, run in behind and wait for the ball and finish it off, he can also do that. It's, I haven't seen a striker this complete because when you think that really Ronaldo and Messi are wingers that just score ridiculous amounts of goals. So as an actual number nine classic like Harry Kane old-fashioned striker what? he's the best I've seen for so long. And I young... don't know. Sorry. No, you go, mate. I, was gonna,
1: I don't know if I, I'm, I'm being disrespectful or not. With, with Aguero, is his link-up game what it appears to have blossomed into since he's been injured? Because I keep hearing about the, the classic kind of center forwards that City have. I'm not sure if Aguero is this kind of link-up merchant that he's being sold as since he's been out and since they've been started looking for another player?
0: I think that it's not so much the link-up is what he does for the team. They know where he's going to be. He always pops up in the positions where But then Gabriel Harland is Jesus exactly is, that,
1: isn't he?
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's not that he's adding to the link-up play before the final pass. It's the fact that he's adding to the link-up play because he's always there in the right place at the final pass. He can also make goals for himself, which Gabriel Jesus, I mean, he's Good. I don't think he's as good as we all thought he was. I think
1: he's going to ball wherever he goes next.
0: Yeah. What? Aguero or... Um,
1: uh, Jesus. Jesus. And I think someone's going to get a cheap deal on him as well.
0: Yeah. He's just not fitting into that City mould, whereas Aguero is exactly what they're missing, where he'll make goals for himself. He's got a thunderous right foot. But then he also pops up in the really easy finish, um, like when they've done like a ridiculous team move and do their trademark, cut it back from the byline, and he's always there kind of thing. Um, the fact is a big-game player as well, which he doesn't go missing in the big games, which is something you can't really put a price on, because for as good as Fernandes has been for Man United, he's been awful against the, what, the so-called Big Six, so he always turns up, Guerra.
1: It's, it's mad that Haaland, of the names I've got down here, is probably the cheapest on the list. And it's probably the cheapest in terms of wages as well. I know um, he has, what's his <laughs> name? Um, Viola is his agent. But he's probably going to demand less than your Mbappes and so on.
0: I reckon that he goes this summer because someone doesn't want to get risk being beaten. Because you can imagine that every single team, top team in Europe, is going to meet that release clause. Because it's quite easy to make it.
1: Ollie keeps yeah. talking about it as well the, yeah. the, the issue with the release clause is not many teams when you're paying 75 million for a player not many teams are paying it up front and so usually
4: yeah.
1: you'll kind of offer it and you'll put some incentives in because as we've seen with the way Barca and Juventus go sometimes it's better if you have to balance the books over a number of years mm. and so teams will accept it but then you had the party situation where if they do want to keep hold of him and I don't think Dortmund are going to stand in his way perhaps the way Atletico wanted to is, some you can say, we want this seventy-five million up front. Mm.
0: I, I think, like, I reckon. So you know, I keep this-
1: drinking down the headset. He's
0: slurping.
1: <laughs> <laughs> My money's re- on re- Alex as well. Slurp. It wasn't me. I, I I was muted.
2: I was muted. I've been muted for the last few minutes. He <laughs> muted me. I was talking loads. He muted me again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he goes this summer because I think there's going to be teams out there that aren't going to want to risk... Yeah,
3: there's going to be a scramble for him, isn't there?
0: Yeah, I think that... And
3: let's face it, Dortmund aren't going to want the release clause the following year to kick in, are they? No. No. And I think that's... They might
1: offer him a new contract and hope that if if they bump his wages up, they can put a new release clause in there and still say, we won't stand in your way.
3: Ryola isn't going to let him sign that, is he? Depends on the um... wages.
2: Do you think um, do you think Messi is part of this equation at all?
3: Hang on, Alex. I've got a list
1: here. We're going through. <laughs> all right, all right. I mean, that, that could have been a the seamless name link. On the
3: list. We could we it's, could have made out that was you know some easy link we've done there, but no, no.
1: Well, well, I was going to bring Alex in for the next one anyway because Harry Kane is the <laughs> name that has been linked with City more than any other in the last couple of weeks. Um, turns twenty eight in the summer from a business sense for Spurs probably makes sense if you're going to let him go then you're going to let him go this not. summer contract What from a business sense if you are going to let him go he's 28 his contract expires well what will then be two seasons time so you're going to get the money for him while you can that's I don't think that's debatable in the sense of what makes sense if they, you're going to let him I, go
2: I don't think they're going to pay for him I don't think I any Premier League team will pay that
1: I said, if if you're going to let him go, then that's the, that's the time you're going to do it is when you're going to get the max money for him. Because the second you hit 29, suddenly things look a lot worse. You start being called in your prime as to in your latter years. And that changes very quickly in football. You're not going to pay just, 100 million plus for a 29-year-old.
2: He's a great replay. He'd be a great option for him. But unfortunately, I think... You, you, you've just you've just got it's not the best replacement in the respect of take money out the equation, like for like. Kane's not exactly not injury prone either.
4: Not I mean, he could
2: easily he could be easily out as much as Aguero has been. Um, you know, particularly as he's getting older as well now. Um, so you know, it's it's not exactly it's not exactly like is, is it's it's harsh to say it's harsh to say it's not an upgrade, but. With particularly with recent track record, you're going to lose him for part of the season. That's almost a guarantee. Um, and you know it's sort of like a a band aid if you if you want to put a, a band aid rather than a solution to you know a permanent striker. I think you know because you could easily see that in three years' time, Kane could have a serious injury and struggle to get back, or the pace I mean, that the any any form of pace that he does have dissipates entirely. <laughs>
1: Well, his his skill set and track record as a world class number nine means he's going to be the top of any list of people that have money to spend and are looking for a striker. Certainly, the fact that yeah. he's shown this season more of his link up play probably puts him higher up that list. If if City are taking money out of the equation, then that yeah, but is that is helps. that
2: the, is it. Is it the right sort of link-up play, though, in the respect of it, where he's shone?
1: Is we've well, shown he can ball. drop deeper and bring the others in, which is what City—they have such good yes. wide players that they're looking yeah, for someone yeah. that can do
2: that. Yeah, but it's how that connective its how that connectivity builds up in the first place. I mean, Kane's great in the air. I mean, City aren't one for knocking it upfield in like in the air and g- getting it on Kane's chest or head to knock it down. Um, you know, they don't necessarily they, need They don't need to. I mean, to if Kane's are, dropping into the edge of
1: the area and bringing them in, then that's what.
0: I mean, I've noticed that City are crossing it a lot, and Kane would be crying out for a lot of these crosses. Do you think?
2: I wouldn't I think, say yeah. City have been crossing it that much. I think they've um, had a they, few.
0: It's, it's that they do like a pre cross. It's like instead of getting to the byline and crossing it in, they do this weird lofted ball from just outside the 18 yard box at an angle. That always lofts over the centre defensive players' heads, and then like St- that's how Sterling scored against Arsenal. And they yeah, if against- it's not
2: in line, if it, if it's not in line with the penalty box of Doug Cam,
1: Levy can say all he wants that, uh, to the papers, which he clearly keeps does keep brief in the papers. Like 150 million, it is very clear. There's no way he's getting that for a start, and there's also no way. if if, if three figures get offered. I don't think it even takes that for Levy to sell.
2: No, uh, no, 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 Who do they get? Uh, Daniel, how, why, why on earth Daniel Levy gets exactly what he wants when it comes to being in no, a position? Yes, he does. This is Daniel Levy's this is, position. This is that he wants in the this last is, couple th- of years. No, 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 I'm not having this. He got exactly everything he wanted out of every, a deal of that stature. He has always got exactly what he wanted. So uh, for any, if he wants £150 million, that's exactly what he'll get, particularly oh, if it's to another Premier League club. Oh, it's 100% to an- another Premier League absolutely
1: club. Absolutely not, because Kane, if Kane wants to go, he's kicking up a stink. He's, he's, he's put the feelers out there over the last few seasons where he's done the... Well, you know yeah, what? I do love Tottenham, but if, if it, I want to win trophies in my career, Real Madrid aren't going after Harry Kane. He can forget about that for the next... If they're going to spend that kind of money they're going to spend on Mbappe or, or Haaland or something like that. If City coming for Kane, it probably takes 90 to 100 million and he's out the door. No, no chance. This thing about Levy always gets what he wants. Look at the transfer fees you've paid over the last couple of years. You can't That's tell the- me that Levy I'm talking about selling
2: I'm talking about I'm talking about selling players.
1: What, well, in all fairness, nobody's wanted to come in and buy big money for one of your players, so we don't know that. What, Gareth Bale? Gareth Bale was the last one, what, nearly 10 years ago? Gareth Bale, Luca Modric? Well, you didn't get huge money for Modric. Well, we did at the time. was it 40 mil was it something like that yeah 31
2: million 31 million for Luka Modric at the time that was pretty big
1: in 2012 I'm not sure that's as huge as Levy saying I wanted I wanted 50 million I wasn't taking it the thing is when a player's wanted to leave Spurs they've left Spurs
2: um,
1: yeah yeah it's true I don't think, but, yeah, yeah, but he, you can use the example
2: that you all you want. Ba- ba- the bail transfer is the best comparison, and I think it's a harder transfer to pull off because it's a it's a Premier League to Premier League transfer, and in that position, Daniel Levy, I mean, God, God, he got fifty odd million for Kyle Walker for Christ's sake.
1: You, you also, know. <laughs> you also have a stadium to pay for now. <laughs> yeah,
2: the, yeah, exactly. Which is why it's in his interest to get as much money as possible out of it. He got fifty also, million for Kyle. He got fifty the, million for Kyle Walker. There's your which, perfect example,
1: which looks like a good deal in today's. When you look at the the service they've got out of him, and what's he going to win his second or third Premier League? That
2: so you're saying te- you're, you're, say, you're is, telling me that Kane isn't worth twice as much as Kyle Walker was?
1: I said it would be ninety to hundred. It's not going to be the hundred and fifty that he's claiming. There's a difference be. between saying. I want 150, and because the stadium's there saying I'm only going to sell for 150, when you need to sell, the difference is if it's 100 million or nothing, you we might don't need to, need to sell. That we, don't,
2: we don't need to sell any, we don't need to sell him. And You're to be brutally honest, loans. Daniel Levy from the government. Daniel Since... Levy, Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy is in a is a, is in a strong enough he, position. He did? Uh, I don't think Kane should <laughs> yeah. I don't, don't. <laughs> don't you dare, Luke. I don't no, know I was say, talking we, about we... Jack. I know what <laughs> he's
3: doing, just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what Jack's
2: Daniel saying. Daniel Levy, Daniel Levy. No, I think Kane hasn't got enough about him to kick up that much of a sting. Daniel Levy will t- will be in the driving seat for that transfer. It's in his interest. I'm gonna have that name printed go... on my head.
3: Daniel Levy. <laughs>
0: Daniel Levy.
3: Yeah. I'm having nightmares with Daniel Levy. <laughs> he's, if, gonna yes.
0: try, he's gonna if try. It's hundred million one season,
3: <laughs> or you wait the next season and
1: that gets halved. But the second yeah. But that's, the thing, right? that,
2: that's the thing, though. That's the thing, though. With Kane. The, every season uh, admittedly every season that he stays with us his value drops a little bit more from now on but it is so not it's only, dropped to 150 so it's <laughs> not so yeah bloody has, bloody oh has. imagine how much he, uh, imagine you, imagine him try, imagine somebody coming in for Kane just after around sort of the Champions League final time
1: no chance they still in hell paying 150 the... million for him they would have watched yeah, that game would. before
2: what am I getting yeah at? they were yeah they would be 100% But so why didn't they because nobody wanted to come in for that sort of money, they knew it'd be an impossible deal to make.
1: PSG paid Certainly not Premier League for Mbappe. You think Kane's worth 30 million less than Mbappe, and that it's not, he's worth yeah. half of that.
3: No, get off. But the, the, the problem is, it is, is not necessarily what he's worth, is it? You can say, I want 150 yeah, and hope someone comes in with 130 or whatever. It, yeah. it, is, the, it is the question of have, and we're not you to this information we don't know how much have circumstances changed for Spurs by way of how much has the pandemic hit them where if someone does come in with 100 mil they have to pull the, pull the trigger on it and have to go and also like you said is what it's concern so is there over d- diminishing his value because at some point this whole we're holding out we're holding out is cutting your nose off to spite your face because if but you can sell point. him for 100 million this summer he gets a big injury next year you can't sell him at all next summer you're in a you're in a tricky spot. Not many clubs are in a position where they have something that they can sell and make money overnight like that. Financially, so they're going to be in a tricky position. Financially, what?
1: Arsenal are a richer club than Spurs. That's that's fact. And when you look at the way Arsenal had to go after moving to the Emirates, now you can say about the owners and the willingness to spend there isn't that much of a difference that Spurs are just going to be able to actually increase their spending power and keep hold of their best players and not reduce it. It comes down to logic at that stage where, as you said with Messi last season,
4: it would have made sense
1: to sell him before the value drops. And mm. Kane, Levy isn't an idiot and he's going to look at that and say... Is this the time to do it if the money's there on the table? Because I don't right I don't With the players I don't dispute. around, Haaland and Mbappe are only getting better and we've got other names on this list. It I might not be the guy there. I don't
2: dispute. I don't dispute what you're saying. Like I completely get what you're saying, but where I'm stu- where I'm drawing the line with it is I as I back Levy's stubbornness. Um and uh, and I'm not even saying it's the right way to go, but it's hmm. I'm backing Levy's stubbornness in the situation to stick around with it and I, I, the whole thing about the stadium I, you know you can draw all the comparisons you want between arsenal and tottenham and yes arsenal are a financially stronger club because they've been a lot more they've been more successful for a lot longer so there's that high, there's that, that there's a lot more prestige and a lot more around them which will drive a larger fan base we're only just about starting to break into the same sort of level on the global on a global sort of awareness uh, awareness level, but from spirit. a from a business from a business acumen, we're utilising our stadium a lot better in the respect of the deals that we've made with like and the NFL and all of the all of the other of surrounding products and stuff. So, and you know, it's even you just, you just had, had a year putting, of not being able to fill it though. Yeah, I know exactly, which is terrible. Which but it's not going to be factored in, is it? No, it, it isn't. It isn't. But what I'm saying is that there's good enough business decisions surrounding that stadium still that they are going to, you know, I would say they're going to utilize the, they're going to utilize it a lot better than Arsenal have with their stadium. So I don't think it's fair to draw complete comparisons there.
1: Spurs are a billion in debt. One point one seven billion in debt. Spurs are in more debt than Barcelona. <laughs> I'm not worried.
0: <laughs> <ends from somewhere. laughs> you
1: have to pay it. And with each I'm load, not worried they, they take out, the terms are only gonna get worse.
3: Mm.
1: <clears throat> not necessarily.
2: Do you think
3: do you think City would go in for it though? I don't think it's th- the top of their list, but I think No. I don't he think might, he does A little bit like you it. just touched on with Hartland is if you can spend, you know, similar money or less on him. He's he's what eight or nine years younger than Kane is he so there's, yeah there's just so much more sort of upside. What well, Mbappe
1: is 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 the next man that I had on the list and the first thing there is you've got a fellow Qatari rival so of all the places he's going to go that probably makes it a bit a bit tougher. It's PSG are a team that in the complete opposite sense really don't need to sell. They're <laughs> they're in as strong a position as anyone. Um, Mbappé hasn't really been linked with City. Just going back to what Jack said to start us off, they only really have in the last couple of weeks because it seems to have dawned on everyone with the latest Barca news that they're no longer as rich as they used to be in the way that, I mean, Madrid for a while didn't even negotiate. They just said how much you want and they just put the money on the table. And now they realise this isn't the case. So, Mbappé... If he doesn't sign this new deal, then they'll have a year left of his contract expiring in summer 2022.
3: And so they'll have to sell him in the summer. And yes. he's not going to sell, they're not going to take any risks, are they?
1: No. So it all depends on that deal, really. It does look like he is going to sign. They've got Neymar over the line, and I'd imagine... As, as cushy as the deals, looking for a Neymar, he gets his sister's birthday off every year and makes <laughs> what is it? it? Makes nearly three quarters of a million a week.
0: Christ, it's funny, isn't it? Because like Real Madrid and Barca, from the way they used to do business, where they could come in, beat everyone with like a, 40, a 40, 50 million pound bid, and like you said, you ask them to name the price and they meet it. Whereas now, because 70 million quid is pretty much the going rate for a young star they're kind of thinking oh shit the money's still worth the same amount but all the players are just more expensive
1: well, PSG's owners it quite literally is a game to them it is insane do you remember Barca in PSG's eyes had the nerve to try and take Verratti they almost <laughs> took They almost took Neymar out of spite after that <laughs> and Barca I mean we've all we've all been through it I think um they've had the nerve in recent weeks to complain about the distasteful nature of other teams going after their players if you figure so that.
4: <laughs> <So good. laughs>
1: they had Pepe Reina who was a Liverpool player, putting a Barca shirt on Fabregas <laughs> 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 They're as shameless as it gets. The Mbappe so, one only really does kick in if he doesn't sign that deal. Because A lot of that then may come down to wages over the fee. And he's on 400 grand a week at the moment at uh, PSG. You'd imagine he's going to want to pay rise wherever he goes. And PSG obviously are one of the few teams, not PSG, City are one of the few teams where spending isn't so much of an issue. Um, Lukaku, another name on the list. um, Almost looks a completely different... Man to the, the one that left Man United. Rush now when you, you see those fans were celebrating, saying it meant that Martial was going to get more chances. <laughs> you more Rush when you see that uh, apparently half of his issues were the, due to the fact that United just didn't identify this allergy he had that they kept feeding on top of, that PSG picked up in his medical. And from then on, he, he's got in better shape. He's he's not having an allergic reaction every other meal. He's improved his decision making. He's far more comfortable now in his right foot, and he's at a similar point of his career to Kane now. Lukaku, he's one of the best strikers in the world, and you've got to think. I can't see that being one where he says, "I played for United. Like I can't. I'm not going to play for City." I don't think he'd have too many issues with that. He's probably no. one of the more viable names on the list. He'd have no qualms, would he? In fact, after Haaland, I think he may be the most viable name on the list. Do wonder how good a fit he would be, but still. Well, it depends I... what they go for. It depends whether they, they're going to go for a false nine, someone that can drop in, in, in where the, the next name I have here might be the perfect name, uh, or, They're going to say Firmino offers it. (laughs) Crikey. Or they're going to say, look, we're going to load this team up with creators and we want want to finish her in the middle. In which Mm -hmm. case, Lukaku, there might be a few better there.
3: Yeah, I'd I'd find that surprising.
1: It it might depend on what they can get.
3: Mm, Yeah, for sure.
1: Lukaku is probably going to cost closer the Kane level of money than the Haaland level of money though is perhaps the issue
0: yeah in a new contract isn't he in inter- they've actually they're in like financial difficulty themselves aren't they because the Chinese consortium that have yeah. basically shut down Just went under, didn't they? league winners and they've gone under so it could either be a fire sale because they're saying that they're not going to be able to keep hold of their team and Antonio Conte might leave after if they win the league.
1: He can come be Arteta's assistant. <laughs> I do I like know Conte.
3: He, I know it looks like they were talking about him signing a new deal, but um, Martinez at Inter would seem a more viable option to me for City than, than Lukaku.
1: Yeah, that's a good show.
3: Yeah, I would only think
1: with Barca, but he's apparently signing a new deal in the next week or so. In fact, he came out to the press and said, "I'll be staying at Inter."
3: Yeah, yeah, I did see on about signing a new deal, but should, you know, as Jack said, should they need to yeah. you know, balance the books a little bit, I would have thought he would be the better option for City myself.
1: For the last two years, it looked like he was a matter of when are you going to Barca? And that's yeah, just, yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> then Instead. they realised,
3: shit, we've got no money. Yeah.
1: Um, the last name there was um, Yao Felix at Atletico Madrid. Um, probably the most. Mm Guardiola-esque player on the list. Um, More of a false nine kind of drifting forward than your penalty area poacher. 126 million he signed for from Benfica in 2019. He's still kind of some way off justifying that fee, but he is starting to look good on that potential. He's certainly 21 years old. Great touch of the ball. His movement's as good as anyone that you can have in that position. And his kind of patient way of playing, the fact that he can drop into your midfield or play in your false nine or even just play as like an advanced forward, he probably is the best name on the list. But Atletico don't really negotiate, and they're probably closer to the way that Levy's described than uh, what they say. So, Atletico, you'd imagine they're going to want at least back what they paid for him, and it's just whether Guardiola will convince them. Because I do think if he says, this is my guy, then I think they will, to to an extent, pay what they need to to, to keep him happy.
3: Maybe. I, I think it would be a great fit. Much better than a fit than Felix at Atletico, really. But... Uh, yeah. His contract until 2026. Yeah. Uh, like you said, they're going to want a, s- a significant increase on what they, <laughs> what they paid for him. So, and, and there is still an element of risk to him. You know, whenever I've seen him, there's been flashes, but inconsistent. So when you compare to, you know, the other guys we mentioned who are established and consistent already, he's uh there's a, there's a serious risk to him, especially coming to the prem. It, you know, yeah. he's not a big guy at all. So he could yeah. quite easily fall through the cracks that other ones have. Do you think, if there's any way
1: he can train Phil Foden into that position.
3: Well, I was about to say they haven't done too badly without him, have they, by the way? They no. cope pretty well, he, well with basically, you know, either playing Jesus or playing no-striker. In October, he said
1: that if we sign another striker, then it needs to be someone of the quality or better than Sergio or Jesus. And hmm. he did say that costs a certain amount of money and money perhaps that we don't have. I mean, I think we should write that off there. But he is right in saying you do at least want an upgrade on that. I'd say each of those five names would be an upgrade at this moment in time. But it's how much he's willing to say he needs them.
3: That was kind of my thing with saying if like push comes to shove, I'd keep him on the base of his if you can't get those other ones, or if you end up in a bidding war, which kind of makes it to the point where it's not worth, worth signing one of these guys, keeping Aguero, because City so are in a unique situation where he doesn't actually have to start, and they've got such options that they can sort of get around it. I personally would be interested in seeing more of a prominent role for someone like Ferran Torres as well. I think he came over with a, a reputation, and we've only seen bits here and there. So whether he could become have an increasing role with Aguero not being there would I don't know would be interesting to me I'm football manager it's pretty easy to train Foden as a false nine
1: and he does a great <laughs> job of it
3: <laughs> so <laughs> frankly
1: if they can't do that in reality they're not worth their <laughs> salt so. I mean I've got a great coaching setup, so <laughs> if I just tell them to, to get the job done for me I can't give Guardiola manager. any tips behind the scenes there. Look, things like that, TK. You've got to have good, good management around you. And uh,
3: the manager's not guys. been seen on the training ground once. He's letting the coaches get on with it. He's in hey, the office somewhere.
1: I do my schedule. I tell him what roles they need to be in, but that's 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 not my forte. As
3: a press manager, that's who you are
1: i'll do the press conferences when when i've got something and i want to i want to put someone in their place but
3: <laughs> after a
1: after a loss you won't find me
3: <laughs> coward
1: which, which one of those tk do you think is the most realistic if it was quite literally one of those on the list and you had to put money on uh, which one they'd sign who would it be and which one do you think would be the best fit
3: hmm <sighs> I mean, in the immediate, Zerm Kane would be the, the, the best fit, I think, if, if all things were aside. I think he'd be the one you'd choose. Um, I think the only one that I would consider realistic for them that they would go for would be Haaland. Well, as Jack kind of alluded to, I think everybody would probably be in for him. It would just yeah. be a scramble for him. Uh, I think if they don't get him, I don't think they'll go for any of the other ones. I just don't think, I don't think they'd bother. On Haaland, I was debating with myself
1: the other day and it was after Jack had said about thinking about him coming to Chelsea. In the moment I think that's asked a dream myself, bit, by the way. But... Would I rather he went to United or Chelsea? <laughs> I actually said United in my head, Jack, and that is solely down to you. <laughs> <laughs> that's
3: some power.
0: <laughs> so, literally in living in there, when do you want the rent? <laughs>
3: Thankfully, um,
1: it would be quite a, quite a lot of rain because I've got a big edge. so there's probably plenty of room. <laughs>
0: Decent a Spacious, spacious environment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, Jack, which one do you think the best fit and which one do you think is the most realistic?
0: I think Harlan's the best fit because his age and how good he is at this age, you would, could have 10 years of just absolute fuckery. Uh, and I... Really worry where he goes next because, like, he's that good. It, it's not even. I, I looked at him and he he shouldn't be that good from the way that he looks. His physique doesn't. He shouldn't be as good as he is. But he has this unbelievable knack of just scoring goals. It doesn't matter. It, it's almost like he's not like a messy way he'll dribble around half the team, but he'll just always be there to put it in the net. Um, so I just think he's insane. Which
1: one do you think is most realistic?
0: most realistic I don't know I think Messi actually funny enough is probably the most realistic because I just don't think Barca
1: I don't think City are paying that
0: I don't know I think it would be like the ultimate power play by them to finally announce announce as one of the the big big boys because I don't know what it is they win everything but still have this kind of non-authenticity tag to them
1: Hey, we're gonna get on to that later. How'd you get into the big six? What we'll makes sure you yeah. want we'll to be big teams? Alex, same question. Which one's most realistic? Which one's the best fit?
2: Mm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with um, Holland. But the best fit is Kane. And the benefit of getting Kane is that you cripple a side that could potentially take some points away from you. So I, I. Kane's the choice, Halland's the most <laughs>
1: likely. Alex, you know, I was terrified Then you were going to say a rival. <laughs> he, he was about to, didn't he? he I thought, was oh, genuinely... On, I thought it was going to be vultures on you the second the words <laughs> left your mouth. Oh, what, oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, you my, ears, was going my ears
2: to say did arrival, twig as soon as he said,
3: when he said crippled, I was <laughs> like, hang on, where are we going? <laughs> no, 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 I was no, worried no. For no. You. Point,
2: uh, point, point.
1: Take some points off of them, like we have done this season. Yeah, so no, where... I, I said uh, of all the teams, that I actually usually just assume you're going to beat them. Um, best fit, I, I agree with Kane. Um, most realistic, I can see the Lukaku one happening. I can see him coming back over, thinking he's got somewhat of a point to prove. And he may think that he's ticking the box once he uh, gets that league title over the line in Italy. And he's gone up in my book so much after the recent uh, putting Ibrahimovic in his place. So <laughs> incredibly high in my book. Um, if we carry on then. So a lot's been said in the last couple of weeks from statist- crikey. statisticians and uh, Gary Neville alike about Brighton, whether they're just unlucky, whether there's more to it, and that's where we come in. So after Newcastle lost to Chelsea on Monday Night Football about a fortnight ago, Gary Neville said the same negativity and concern that comes in on Steve Bruce's side should also be applied to Brighton. Now, you look at the stats, and we'll say a bit more on this because, I mean, one of our taglines, one of our T-shirts, which we don't sell does always say you trust the eye test over what the numbers say. Brighton, however, according to XG and XP and all the X's that go with it, they should be challenging for European football if you just take these stats at face value. Um, Crystal Palace played out, I think it was, after, it was after last week's pod or the week before. One of the ultimate smash and grabs in, in history. <laughs> Um, they got a winner deep into stoppage time with their third shot of the game. 0.27 expected goals. They say, based on the quality of the chances created by both teams, we would expect Brighton to win that game 91% of the time, with Palace (laughs) having a 2% chance of winning.
0: Jesus.
1: Um, Near enough, the same thing happened in their previous home game against Villa. They racked up... um, 2.44 2.44 as their expected goals, 0.14 the other way, and they were held to a nil-nil draw. On that occasion, they say Brighton would be expected to win 88% of the time. The draw comes at 11%. They've won just one of 13 home games this season. They got a goal difference of minus five, and yet, Graham Potter's side have won the expected goals battle in 11 of those fixtures. Only Arsenal and Chelsea. Had a better uh, numbers on paper when they played them away. The expected goals at home, Brighton are actually top of the league. Their expected <laughs> goals are ahead of Man City at home. Christ! They see the amount of points that Brighton have when you take everything and say the chance of them having ten points or fewer based on their performances at home is zero point zero three percent. Based on the chances created, Brighton should have scored close to 27 goals at home. They've managed 12. They underscored by seven last season. So in 32 home games under Graham Potter, they've got 32 goals from an expected 54. And for the past probably three months... Everyone that's seen these figures, we said it on here before. We've said that eventually one of the things with XG is that it, it works on the basis that your performances eventually catch up with what the numbers are saying. We've seen it with other teams in the season, we've seen it with City when they were losing games and they were sitting and you looked at the numbers and it was eventually that this is gonna pay off. And you saw it for a period with Arsenal earlier in the season where um early under Arteta where we got into a bit of form, but the numbers said, even under Emery, the numbers said, look, this isn't going to last. And what do you know, it didn't. Um, So the question here is, are they just unlucky? Obviously, there's a bit more to it. The first place to start, Neil Mopay is, is probably number one if you're Graham Potter and you want to point the finger at someone. 19 of 25 games he started this season. Serial underperformer when it comes to the numbers. He brings a lot to Brighton's general play, obviously. what why he's playing. And part of the issue as to why these numbers are how they are and why maybe you can look at them with a, a, a squint or a it with a pinch of salt is he gets into the positions, which is what you want your striker to be doing. But then you do also need to have the finishing ability to be able to do so. So that's where they're going wrong. They've got a striker who can do it all except put it in the back of the net, which is why things look quite so bad for them.
0: When I, when I looked at this question, and I thought, are they just unlucky? And I looked through all their games. And the one that really sticks out of my mind, which is basically their season in a nutshell for me, is the Man United game. <laughs> they <laughs> absolutely <laughs> battered them, then conceded a goal, and then conceded a penalty after the final whistle.
1: <laughs> Lucky in that game, penalty. there was the Aaron Connolly penalty that got pulled back. <laughs> yeah. When they went oh. to Voss, saw the contact and said, you know what? Actually, we don't fancy giving that one.
0: Yeah.
3: And then United don't get a decision this weekend. It's oh, I thought everyone's biased towards United. Like that just wipes the slate clean. It's, it, <laughs> like it, none it, of this happened all season.
0: I've, I've never heard a team be so loud when in the reverse fixture of this this season, Harry Maguire tried to rip Asperker's head off. Do, do you want to do if we?
1: Do you want to do the refereeing decision in the in the Brighton game first, and then come on to the United one because in kind of in after the press conference yesterday, we do probably need to touch on that.
4: Hmm. Yeah,
1: but so Lee, Lee Mason was pulled off of. He was supposed to do the Liverpool game yesterday. They said he had a calf injury, which happens to have put him out of tonight's game as well. Um, while also coming out and saying, you know what, he did make a mistake. Which, why say I have the calf injury? It doesn't make too, too and he much. He was sense.
0: supposed to be fourth official as well. He was supposed to yeah, be fourth it... official, and so it's I've got a calf injury. <laughs> the, I can't
1: stand yeah. that. <laughs> the, the, the the bloke is a clown. The bloke looks like a clown. It, <laughs> every, everything about him it does my head in. I loved it when Nuno went in on him earlier in the season. I the, I hate every single one of these Premier League refs. Just some of them more than others. Mike Dean is in like a world of his own, and Lee Mason, he's not far behind. No, he's really not. So, right and get a free kick. I, they're setting up your wall, um, Jack. You probably know better than this. Better than us here. Um, You must be aware somewhat of the fact that there is a time constraint here. You aren't going to be given all day to get people in order, stand there, get back across. And unfortunately, you do know when the ref blows the whistle that the game is a go. Yeah,
0: like, I agree with Gary Lineker and what he said on um, Match of the Day, where why give a disadvantage to the team that's been fouled. Yeah you, take, yeah, you can take a quick free kick anywhere else on the pitch, and you don't need the ref's whistle for that for a start. Um, whereas this, you're usually told as the keeper it's a direct free kick. he says, Keeper uh, direct on my whistle. Yeah. And you hear the whistle. Remember Henri's goal against us? I was absolutely raging. <laughs> but I also completely appreciated how brilliant it was. <laughs> Just
1: in terms of playing when the whistle goes, did you feel that way during House Football in two thousand
0: and nine? That's completely different. <laughs> <laughs> he should not have blown the whistle when the keeper was on the halfway line putting gloves on.
1: <laughs> we're just, just, we're just thought I'd mention it. Um, <laughs> so they get the they get a free kick. You you quite clearly see Lewis Dunk. Maybe he saw Lewis Dunk lining it up and thought he had a bit more time. <laughs> He quite clearly asks Lee Mason. Lee Mason says, whatever, blows the whistle. He takes it. (laughs) Lee Mason then slightly regrets what he's done, blows (laughs) the whistle before it goes in the net, disallows the goal, has a word in his ear, gives the goal, then goes over to VAR, sees it again with no sound, which I think is interesting there, and then disallows it again. It's something think, that could only happen to Brighton. Yeah,
0: it must. Yeah, be. for sure. That, so, like to have that goal disallowed and the main night one given after the final whistle's gone—that's like, two things I've never seen happen in football before. No, no. One after the one final season. whistle
1: still vexes me yeah. to this day. It ruined my weekend that day. It's one of them when you curse <laughs> the twelve forty-five and you're like, "Why couldn't this have been like the Sunday eight o'clock kickoff?"
4: Yeah. <laughs>
1: But for this one, quite clearly, just a referee losing control of the game, isn't it? And I don't know if there's some big burly blokes on that West Brom team that stuck it on Lee, basically. You what know
0: what? <laughs> what I don't get here is that if he thinks he's ballsed up by letting him take it quickly, how does he think he's rectifying the situation where he then disallows it, allows it, and disallows it again? Like <laughs> you think no. he's probably thinking, "Oh, the headlines tomorrow are going to be mental." Do we yeah, know just, who was in on he the VAR? His own grave.
1: Because they straight, probably up. they can't have been very helpful in his ear. Because I imagine, you know, uh, uh, i can kind like that Liverpool game yesterday where you didn't know when the ball was out. I don't know if some yeah. uh, yeah, definitely, actually. And he's just in his <laughs> in. <laughs> and Lee Mason's trying to sound confident which is the biggest thing in a situation like that half of it isn't even getting the right decision from his perspective it's sounding confident and saying it so you don't lose control of the game and he's probably just said something with his chest three times in a row and then by the third (laughs) time
3: he's got no chest left no we we were watching a man desperately trying to save face whilst completely unable to save face (laughs)
1: just wanted to quit in that situation he's like you know
3: what
1: I don't need this <laughs> but there was just no escape. he's lucky there was no fans there
3: oh could you imagine
0: I reckon that's a different decision if fans are there I reckon he just lets it be given because he was at West Brom wasn't it I know but I still don't think he'd be able to sure, Based the way. embarrassment yeah I
1: think it was just in front of him he doesn't does does if you have them accents screaming at you that's a whole other ball game I <laughs> we play that certain high-pitched thing that dogs go mental <laughs> if you have, have 30,000
0: 30,
1: oh crikey he's so, hurt in head thinking about it <laughs> All right, before we get on to the uh, United-Chelsea decisions there but, I don't know if TK gave these referees some confidence when he said uh, are they really the worst in the world and they were like you know what TK thank you and they they got a bit comfy after
3: that (laughs) (laughs) no I I didn't dispute whether they were the worst we just didn't bother checking I swear, we thought yeah fuck it we've got the worst
1: after Mope they, they chose not to upgrade in the summer or they didn't have the funds one of the two they spent they spent the whole January trying to get a work permit for that fella they brought in, who I don't think we've seen yet. Um, Aaron Connolly has two goals; he, he should have four by his expected. Trossard's underperforming. His Pascal Gross underperforming. His I mean, well my guy, but he's doing himself no favors either. It, it diminished Brighton's points somewhat when you then miss two penalties in the same game, and you then and you blame a free kick doesn't help your situation although doesn't make it any better
3: On know I mean the manager's dead unlucky isn't he because you could say a missed penalty is for the player isn't unlucky you should score your penalty but for the manager it's out of his hands <laughs> but Graham Potter
1: I hope for his sake things don't get like horrible in his way you know what we said with Eddie Howe for ages where we were like things are as good as they're going to get for you in terms of perception and this is the time when you're going to get a big job hmm. Potter probably needs a slightly bigger job to come sometime soon because...
3: you're never far away from being Owen Coyle, never forget that yeah. he was getting linked with the Arsenal job at one point yeah. <laughs> the
1: thing with Potter is he, he very much has one of those careers that you look at like when you imagine how Someone gets into football management like you get these days. You get Lampard, Arteta, Oli, maybe not so much, but these managers, where you kind of do go straight in at the deep mm. end. But it's a lot nicer to be in the deep end at that pool than it is the shallow end of some of these others. And him starting in the fourth tier in Sweden and just getting into the Europa League and then beating us, by the way, at the Emirates, mm. he he's quite clearly shown that he is a good manager, regardless of what you have there. And we quoted Pep, I think it was, uh, about a month or so ago, where Henri was saying, there's, Pep says he can guide you to the edge of the area, and after that, look, it's on you. There's only so much he can do. Graham Potter's almost doing more than that. He's guiding them to the point where they quite literally just need to
0: tuck it into the net.
1: And they're not doing that for him.
0: There's one that no, springs to mind I think it was Connolly where ball rebounds back off Johnson the keeper and he literally just has to nudge it in. he just tries to put his foot through it from three yards and skies it
1: I actually really like Connolly I don't really know why but I've just warmed to him this season and I think he'd be I think he'd be a great backup striker for someone I don't think Brighton won him as their guy
3: but... said so to you before Shane Long does everything but just Let's it's see. never going to score you a lot of goals if he played Arsenal every week
1: he'd be flying Shane Lott. yeah yeah exactly. him, him and Charlie Austin
3: um, I actually think this this whole thing with Brighton it might seem a bit odd but it's kind of an advert of how good Potter is and how good he's been just because a team like Brighton shouldn't ever be in a position where they have such a high XG and creating so many chances and stuff because teams all that rarely do they're not able to do that normally so it's showing yeah. How good his philosophy is. It's just that they've got a quality striker that a team down the bottom normally has. It's that I don't think having Mope in that is anything different for a team like Brighton in terms. Of that's normally the quality, and you just about stay up normally. But because they're often outplaying teams, it's kind of, in a weird way kind of being exposed more their strikers, whereas if someone like Burnley are never going to have particularly high expected goals, but they just about get by.
1: The so is, it's, it's, it's Mope's movement, obviously, and a lot of that's going to be coaching. That is why we're talking about them and, and their XG. Usually, though, you, you get a player who isn't that good, but they have a knack of being able to put it in the net, which is essentially mm. what Brighton need. And maybe if Glenn Murray was three, four years younger, yeah, then he may have been, he may have been perfect for them, but. There's gotta be someone out there that not even for too much cash they can get over the line in summer, whether they just need a good scouting team or something. There's gotta be someone out there they can pick up. Because every top half team is praying they're the ones that go down because they've got some decent players that people want to take on it on the cheap, like Dunk Basuma's the big one. Hmm. And so nobody else in that side of the Premier is going to be too gutted with how they're doing whether they feel bad for them or not.
0: I reckon if we bring in a striker this summer, Tommy Abraham could be going there. I reckon that would be a good
1: oh, thing. I don't know. I think when you've been there... if you got to think, a couple of months back, people were talking about Giroud going to one of these teams.
0: <laughs> that is and, true, yeah.
1: I mean, good for him, I suppose. He was like, I'm above that. Because <laughs> let me tell you, W- whether he's good on the pitch or not you were good on a storm in brighton
3: she ourselves through the roof
1: <laughs> <laughs> they just they just need they just need to get someone a- lewis dunk's interview was a breath of fresh air as well and we'll go on in, in right. the next bit here in terms of how these interviews can go but that's the point of why they do these interviews straight after the match isn't it because they get that raw emotion out of them try and get them if we if we uh, even just watching the rugby on saturday which i did uh, for a very rare change and for years it's been said that if we could hear what the referees are saying like we're doing rugby maybe we might understand them a bit more i think that would be the worst thing that can happen to the premier league can you imagine if you could hear what some of these blokes are saying
3: it would be interesting though, wouldn't it just like with the Lee Mason one just someone in his ear saying Lee I think you fucked this one Lee Lee do something <laughs> about it Lee Lee sort it out well because for a brief him. time
1: you would get it where they're conscious that they're, they're conscious that they're mic'd up and you'd get a lot more safer decisions but once they get comfortable and these blokes personalities come out it would be a train wreck <laughs> I honestly dread to think and um, the, the next one we'll get on to the, the penalty decision in the Chelsea game now if you could hear some of the things they're saying I'm worried for what we hear um, good weekend though for all of us in terms of uh, the Premier League we had an Arsenal win we had a Liverpool win we had a Spurs win Hudson-Odoi did three step overs I think um, and <laughs> I mean, none of us lost. That's, that's, a, that's a plus, I guess. The main talking point, though, of that dire United-Chelsea game, which anyone that thought they were in for a good game hasn't paid attention to Chelsea or United.
0: Yeah, the, the problem is is that we never look like we're going to lose now, but we also don't look like we're going to score. So we've gone from we might win 3-0, we might lose 3-0, to, we're not going to lose this, but, it's if you fuck up and give us a goal. Or if wow. we fuck you want. Because <laughs> well, the, go. the only goals that have been scored against us was one own goal and Zuma running off to the shops quickly and letting uh, Minamino in against Southampton. So, weird. It, it, it's odds, but, yeah, if you want to do your little yes yeah. to the old uh, decision, mate. Right?
1: Yeah, so, Really, that was the only talking point of the game was uh, the decision there and the interview after Hudson Adoy punched the ball twice in the box. So the best thing about it, I think, is the way the Chelsea players appealed for it being yeah. a Greenwood handball, which makes it so so much better when it's been switched around. I know. There it is. Look, I don't really know any. I I don't know. Why it wasn't a penalty?
0: Yet. I don't know. If I, you were see, I have, TK. I have a theory to this. I have a theory to this that no one else has seemed to have raised yet. Well, did you think
1: it was a penalty, TK?
0: Was it you that said you didn't think it
3: was? No, I, I I think it is by by the rules, but I don't. I think the rules are somewhat stupid. So if I was doing it, I would ignore those and say no, it's not. But I did think they were going to give it. I thought once they I see thought that, it was a penalty now,
1: regardless of rules. If if. Usually if you've got your arms out like that, then you're in the box.
3: My, my only thing being is that Greenwood sh- shoves his arm out looking like he is trying to knock it over his hand. Okay. So okay. he, he, he kind of seemed to have the more intent to me out of the two of them, but no, I, I wouldn't. It, it, you know, TK's,
2: sounded, TK's, TK's sounding more and more like one of these dodgy refs.
1: <laughs> I, I well, actually, I'm, oh, I'm the... scared to hear what Jack's going to say here, Alex.
0: I thought that the only saving grace in all of this for Hudson-Odoi was it looked to me as if Mason Greenwood at the point where he was bringing his hand down to try and push Greenwood. He slaps his hand up into the ball, Um, Like the contact on the arm, basically Mason Greenwood shoves his hand into the ball inadvertently, obviously. I think it was just such an accident I can see why it wasn't given, but if it's at the other end, that's a penalty. <laughs>
1: well, after <laughs> we've just what we just said, don't know what you can hear in the headset, do you reckon there's any chance Roman's got himself on the line like in action films where you can just get onto <laughs> any person's radio and it's just him <laughs> and his Russian accent saying, I'll tell you now, you don't want to do that?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'd have a picture about this if I were you.
4: Diled into this court. <laughs> <laughs> hey. 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 Was really who, who was
2: cool. he he was he was the he was the villain in um, in the co- in Call of Duty Modern Warfare two and three? What was his name? <laughs> Crikey, I,
1: This wasn't what I can't think of it. I, I, uh, what, I know there's a bloke called Soap, and that's it. Oh,
2: uh, what was his name? Is that is that Zakharov or something like that? That sounds about Z- right. So yeah, Zakharov or something like that. It's, it's <laughs> patches in onto the team radio, just out of nowhere. Absolutely brilliant, yeah.
0: yeah Alexis <laughs> that, Drazen
1: mate. on that headset, Jack.
0: What a bad guy. Literally, I'm on uh, the last two episodes of season one, being finished. To-
1: that was my old manager's name on Football Manager, Alexis, Alexis Drazen.
0: Alexis Drazen. It's not
1: yeah, a- ones where I've managed an international team alongside, because I tried managing uh, Kosovo with him. Oh, wow. Obviously. Um, nice. yeah. Football manager, the last one, as I said, once you've wrapped up them hours, there's only so many things you can do to keep yourself <laughs> occupied on you've,
0: there. you've taken a Bosnian bad guy from 24 and made him the manager of Kosovo.
1: Very crazy. You
0: made um, him and war crimes. So, I mean,
1: right after the game, all he goes into is... Uh, press conference and they've spoken to Luke Shaw um I'm not sure if that one was on TV
3: or not yeah Luke Shaw was okay I've, I've, I was wondering if I did him right when he basically made the accusation about the ref I was like, Oof, that's quite a big thing to say
1: all right you, you best take over then because <laughs> I've only seen the Ollie uh, one with him saying look I think you know what what he said
3: yeah um, and Luke Shaw's one he said I've uh, the rest said to Maguire that I can't I can't give that decision. You, you know what the I can't remember if he said like the papers too or whatever. You know what say so yeah, too much controversy, which I don't think you could really be saying. <laughs> I'm just seeing a thing saying the FA won't take any action against Solskjaer or Luke Shaw. Which if you I'm all for players and managers being able to say what they want, but when it's literally making an accusation feel like maybe the FA are somewhat obliged to step in.
1: Does that not make you think maybe they've listened to it back and it's best they think if it's just out of sight, out of mind, people are Maybe on, which We've seen, we we did it with the Urzel thing where we said, Arsenal maybe thought if we just nip this in the bud now and deal with it, then no one will talk about it. And that might be, as I said earlier, I think it's in the FA's best interest to not look any further into it because they might not like what they hear.
3: very weird stance, uh, you know, for both of them, though.
1: It's very easy to say no smoke without fire. It would be, it's just a strange thing to come out like that. Like, you could make so many accusations with, I don't know if it's because of the stuff in the press where people have been saying, we get more decisions.
4: Yeah. I don't know if
1: it's this. Just quite literally say the referee said it. I don't think he says that unless the referee has said something. Yeah, it's 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 got to be surely. Whether it's the way he's interpreted it, whether he said, oh, I can't give that," come on.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, that's what I would imagine may well have happened. Which isn't great either. It's not a great look. No. I, I just don't know why United wouldn't pursue it more in that case. I'd, I'd be making a, quite a meal out of that if I was there.
1: They also might not... It, it, I know you. you said that maybe it means they'll get favourable decisions. It, it may go the opposite way and... They may not get so many favorable decisions since
0: and... Like I know that it was like it 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 was probably a humble. I mean, let's be honest, it was <laughs> it looked it looked like a humble letter of the law. So but for a team to make this much of a meal of it after being given so many favorable decisions their way. They don't hard. see it
1: that way
3: though, because they're in the bubble of it.
0: I know and that they have
3: successfully made themselves the victim somehow.
0: Yeah, that, that's what's hilarious by it all, because like I said earlier, in literally the reverse fixture this year, we had Asperger's head ripped off by Harry Maguire, and last year when Harry Maguire kicked Batchawi in the nuts, and didn't get the <laughs> Well, if you've got to think of everyone, Frank sat in
1: watching Super Sunday with his feet up. He's got his How dog next thinking? to him, and then the next thing he is, Ollie saying, "I think it was Frank that started," <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he, he he's looking around doing. Doing the meme of the blinking twice at the camera. Excuse me. I don't know when his presser after he 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 blamed Klopp as well.
0: Yeah, it was Klopp that said it because I remember there was a meme that after Klopp made the accusation, they lost four games in a row. something. (laughs) he wasn't
1: the only one that said it. Several managers did. No, no, I think they they may have said it a bit more tactfully. Some teams get more decisions than others. I mean, Jose Jose. Jose was loving it. He said all sorts. The king of the passive aggression. Yeah.
0: I, I what I don't get about Oligon of so is that he doesn't do angry well. Like he comes across as a little whiny bitch. I, uh,
1: I really like know, his interviews.
0: No, do you know like the te- the kids at school that would go, Oh well, that kid, that kid over there, he got away with it. Just comes
1: across this whiny little bitch. I hate him. Well, yeah, my mum always used to say to me when she'd tell me off saying that the first thing out of your mouth, the first thing out of your mouth there shouldn't be someone else's name. And yeah. That very much is is what Ollie did there. But yeah, isn't that isn't that just the United Way? They I think we've said before on it, Fergie had that thing down where he very much had it like it, it's us against them, despite the fact we know even from what referees have said since. It was very much the opposite.
4: Yeah. But I think like,
1: they master Dan Ollie for all of his sins. He won't blame his players, which he shouldn't do to the camera. And we've seen what's happened when other managers have done it. Frank, Frank did it, Jose's done it. Jose did it last week, actually. <laughs> He's got the best coaching in the world, but there's some things with this team that you can't sort. <laughs> And he dug out Tuchel cool in that interview as well, didn't he? And they brought it up saying, Come on, you said a couple of things there. I think there was someone earlier and yesterday that said some things he might regret, said the things a bit too far. <laughs> some of these managers, Ollie probably has that spot on. The only thing is, I think, as you've referenced, Tika, he may regret being drawn into it because I think he was happy to kind of insinuate it. And then once. They brought up the Luke Shaw had said it. That's when he said, "Didn't he?" He's like, "Right, well, I'm not the one saying it then." Bang, yeah. and then he lets go.
0: I think as well the reason why I comes across such a whiny bitch is he um, quoted the Chelsea website. He said that's why we didn't get it because the Chelsea website showed the photo. I thought he said the I thought he said the VAR website, which is what was confusing me. Yeah, <laughs> was the Chelsea website. He blamed the Chelsea website because in the promo for the for the fixture the main photo was Harry Maguire ripping Asperger's head off I and mean, the penalty that wasn't given last time and around. Who, which he manager said other-
1: was it at Chelsea where there was that phase where your match reports were horrific? If you can remember this, I'm pretty sure it was a game with West Ham where it was as bad a match report as you can see because it was written by like it was a bitter fan. Yeah. I. I we were, it, may have been, it may have been Jose. During that time, but I can remember the match reports were something else.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like to go back to it, that he was kind of calling out the Chelsea website. <laughs> when, when you're doing that, like you lose a, a lot of standing. And, like your fucking Twitter page has said this, that's why we didn't get that decision. Like, get a life.
1: I like that, that. That's definitely someone on the bench has said, Do you see their Twitter page beforehand as well?
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and in the rage, he's probably.
0: He saw, he's seen red, red and just. It, it is
3: mad what some managers do see. You see, they, they obviously aren't spending all their time looking at this, but whatever does catch their attention clearly just stays in their head and just
1: fest. The thing is, though, they make one comment like that and that's all it takes. I mean, the second Klopp said about what cold feet for Alisson the other week. Yeah. I thought yeah, immediately. Exactly. There is nothing else he can say in this interview now that is gonna take away <laughs> yeah, from the rest fact of it is redundant.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's
1: pretty similar for Ollie yesterday that when you say some of these things like you can say whatever and it, no one's forgetting that you said it. <laughs> I don't know if someone's advised him that he shouldn't say it and he maybe thinks he, he can't do sure dirty and say, Well look, I know that, so
3: Look, I actually think, whether by judgment or not, he's played a blind because I think as a ref now, it's gone the other way. So if you if there's one that's borderline, you give it to United because you don't want to look like you're giving in to pressure from people who say United are getting too many decisions, if you see what I mean. So yeah. I, think it, I think it's worked out. He's kind of double-bluffed it well.
0: Time will tell, I suppose, on that one. It is going to go one of two ways.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, Last thing then uh, on football. So we saw a lot of talk um, on Twitter before Arsenal played Leicester as to uh, what the new big six was. I mean, there were some saying that Arsenal should be taken out of it, um, despite the fact they've won a trophy more recently than Spurs. Um, but here we go. Um, it's not the same competition. <laughs> well, in terms of being a big six, then you'd think more comes into that. It's not the single. same competition. Not really. I mean, you know, just one of those things. Um, but what do we think needs to be done? Is there, is there any way that this big six is going to be shifted around? Because for some of these teams to be considered, I mean, people wanted Wolves to be considered last year, which hasn't aged well. I think we need a much bigger drop-off than what we have because we, we've seen in recent years, Arsenal are going to finish in a pretty awful position this year. We've seen Chelsea finish in what eighth. We've seen United finish seventh, and it doesn't take away from Chelsea being Chelsea, United being United, Arsenal being Arsenal. I mean, I've spared Liverpool there; they've had some awful finishes, and we were still calling them the Big Four at that stage. So,
2: I, well, I think um, I, I think it's because it's it's not just a reflection of football and performance it's a reflection of financial status in the respect of or the the size of the club from a you know a literal yeah well a financial state a financial state status because you wouldn't look at you wouldn't obviously we're talking about the big six now prior to this it was the top five and then the top four um and before that the big three the, the the one ca- common characteristic between all of them is that they've all got to a similar financial level, with the exception, of course, of City and Chelsea um, and United by quite some way. But uh, you know, it's you look at you look at Tottenham, for example. We're talk- spoken about as if we're in the top six. So, and I just want to go out of my way to say I don't necessarily agree with I don't agree with how it's coined and how it's phrased. And I, I don't necessarily agree with what people determine as the big six or why,
1: but we, we've got,
2: we've got, we've got a big, uh, well, I actually, actually, if I'm being completely honest and true to what I'd say my values were when it comes to, you know, categorizing success, I think you have to, because they have won a Premier League title in the last few years. They're not amazingly behind in a financial sense and they are doing it again this season they're performing well so i mean it, if you were to say that to me i wouldn't be in overly disagreeing over it but going it, it's kind of like take away if you took away Our the performances the listeners are going to turn on you if you take yeah. away if you take, if you take away the performances in the last sort of if you just sort of just take take <laughs> it sounds ridiculous but take the football in part of it out of it and just think of the clubs as a business. That's what Jose's done to Spurs. Yeah, th- think of <laughs> think of the think of think of the. Uh, he's only delivered a final though so far, so you know. Um, but um, so do one day Ramos. So Never
3: forget that. So <laughs> Never forget. And <yeah>. <laughs> so yeah. If
2: you think if you think of it, if you think of the clubs as a, a sort of a financial business presence you do think as the top 6 as the top 6 that we would think at the moment which are city united chelsea liverpool tottenham and arsenal because um, they are just there all the time it, it's a reflection of their fan bases it's a reflection of the financial so for a team to properly break into the top 6 change it up it, they just need it, it needs to grow they need to go from being it's, it's they need to go from being a club which is supported by fans that live where the club is based to a bit more of a, a bit more of a global presence, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, because
4: think...
2: it, it, it's been so all over the shop. I mean, this isn't the first season that we've had where it's been a little bit all over the shop. I mean, a two or one of the big six sides have been way off the pace, way off the pace for the last five, six years. And before, and then even if you roll the clock even further back, it was Liverpool that was way off the pace before hmm. that. So, you know, it's it is so it's so I, I don't think it's about the football. I
1: really I, don't. I don't think it's got I, anything to do with the football. I think it does to an extent. I think if Leicester had got top four last year, then they they could have had their foot on the necks of Arsenal and Spurs and they could have they could have at least had a solid argument. But the way they dropped off last season, the way they're dropping off this season you need consistency I think to be able to force your way in there you look at the amount of time it took just to amend it from being to the top four to the big six I think we're more likely to just expand the number than we are to take teams out of it um, I don't, I'm not sure that's it has the same impact if we start court, <laughs> the big eight
4: the,
1: the whopping seven
4: <laughs>
1: I think that's, well, that's more what's likely happened. That's, that's what's happened the the, it
2: was a it went from being like the two two clear title contenders and one outlier to through big the big three the big the top four and then the bridge to the top four got broken down and it's become the bridge sit, big six already uh, it's, yeah. that that is the trend in which it's going it's going expanding which is great you know i'm not
1: complaining about that i think that's great it would have been nice if top four was so revered when we were being slated the for- having it called a trophy. You made it popular. (laughs) um, Yeah, I think we either need a bigger drop-off or consistency and without the two it's going to be a struggle for much of a difference to be made.
3: Yeah, I I guess the depressing answer is I don't think someone can crack it. Um, I think, like you said, Leicester would have done themselves a favour if they'd say so this year and the last season coming to the top four, I think you'd be making a good argument for them. But but even if they had, I mean, you know, we touched on Liverpool. The whole reason the big six, as you guys have said, the big six came about is because it used to be an established top four of United, Chelsea, Arsenal Liverpool. Liverpool dropped out, Spurs gate crashed the party and then City got the investment that they got and overnight they're part of it. So we make it a, a big six and like you said, I don't think we can really Sort of extend it and the clubs is kind of in there as long as Liverpool, Man United, and Arsenal have sort of the history and the fan base that brings, and as long as City and Chelsea have the owners that they've got with the investment they've got, they're never going to be far from success. So it does become in kind of almost impossible to to crack that. If you look at you yeah. know Arsenal being a while off now and they're still considered part of it, if you look at Liverpool from I was looking at here because I knew obviously it wasn't great. But between oh nine oh ten and fifteen sixty, when Klopp arrives, we've had so many seasons where we've come like six four below. We've had I think six seasons where we've come six or four below. Two of them in eighth, one of them the seventh, I think it was, a couple of them in sixth. So the only one we didn't is when we came second with the Gerard slip. Yeah. And other than that, we've not been it, and yet Liverpool are still considered part of it the whole time. So that shows you how hard it can be to sort of dislodge a member out of that group.
1: You look at most of the tweets, and they're saying that it should it should be us to get sacked. We we've won trophies more recently than four of them, and we've only been outside the top six once. <laughs> We're the ones that are getting absolutely slated.
0: But I've, I've just looked it up, and out the last for the last five years, there's only one season really. The whole top si- big six aren't in the top six, right? There's, there's two if you consider the year that Chelsea finished tenth. But all the rest of the boys are still there. That's I mean, we do for consider history. that.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, the year Hazard only got one goal that was a penalty. What was that? So the same year Hazard only got one goal and that was a penalty. Yeah, that was just fresh from history as well.
0: Which which season was that? What the 15 16
1: season? The one you finished tenth.
0: He scored three at, the last, he scored two at Bournemouth, and then he scored against uh, Tottenham to win it for Leicester. If you remember.
1: All right. Well, he, he scored the first. There must have been about eight months into the season.
0: Yeah, it was it, it was it was away at Bournemouth, and then he scored like four goals in the last three games or something.
1: But then, that's one of those ones Hazard would forgive you for not defending him up.
0: To, to be fair, the season after that he had one of his best seasons. We won the league, so I, I probably that's why I forgot about it. He's such
3: a forward player.
1: Anyway, <laughs> As you word, Alexis is going to be picking up a skilletto this yeah,
0: year. Yeah, I was just saying that really, at the last five years, all the big six have been in there apart from two seasons and only one of them missing. Um, I think if you go in to break into it, if Leicester are a staple now um, of in and around it, they're going to have to at least break into the top four one more time. Well, they haven't even done it once since they won it. No. So uh, that needs to happen because finishing the Europa spaces just isn't going to cut it to break you into that. It'll be a decent team. Um, I think they're very lucky as well, Leicester, with the team that they have in Jamie Vardy. I think as soon as you lose that, it's going to be hard to buy someone this is as good as Jamie Vardy for the money that they're going to have to spend. The well, it's, City. Oh, it's kind of like goal return isn't it that's what more that they,
1: they don't miss Leicester they're signing Sumari in the summer
3: you,
0: but yeah, they can make, they replace
3: those Vardy goals it's, it's, it's a harder thing
0: they do make hard, good yeah. signings but Vardy guarantees you 15 plus goals a season you lose that even by five that could be the difference because he turns up in big games so I think that
1: they they're a side that only the top teams can beat away from home as well, which mm. really does bode well for them. That only the really top teams can go there.
0: Yeah.
1: And win. Uh, the really
0: top teams. I think, think the, <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering I think the only ones I, who could
3: drop. I, I do <laughs> think
0: <laughs> And then it clicks.
3: Slow I do think if, if anyone was gonna drop out, and this isn't meant to be sticking a knife in but Spurs, I do think, are the only one who potentially could. I only say it because I've, I've spoken about the reason for the other ones staying in there, because they just seem to be able to... United, Arsenal, Liverpool seem to be able to stick in no matter what. City and Chelsea will, because of you know, what they are, they, the setup they've got. I do think Tottenham don't quite have either of those things. And it wasn't... It you know it is in living memory for most of us where they were a mid-table team, and that wasn't seen as out of place. It yeah. wasn't seen that that was... What are Tottenham doing in tenth or eleventh? Whereas if you know any of those teams have a season where they end up there, that everyone remembers that year because that was a freakish sort of season. So I do think they could potentially slip into that again, but it's it's hard to see that they've kind of made themselves into part of the sort of elite now, where I think it's hard for them to drop out once you once you get in there. I think they should be. Uh, I I don't.
2: I don't, I don't disagree. I don't disagree with what TK's saying at all. Um, and you know, in a weird way, in a weird way, it's kind of that's what makes it so exciting as a Tottenham and fan. He's in the
1: bathroom.
3: Because, <laughs> He's having a shit. Uh, <laughs>
1: no, no. He sounds really gone... echoey all of a sudden. Yeah. Are you having a poo? Do I? No, Be
2: I'm honest. not. I, I'm not sure. I, I mute, I've just muted and I muted my headphones. Exactly. Uh. I don't know. It's changed the sound on it, but but anyway, I, I think um I I think it's it's not. I don't disagree with TK in the respect that you know it, if it is going to be one of the six dropping out, it would be us um, because I think heritage, you know, where clubs come from, with the you know success in the modern game, you know, we don't have that at the moment. Um, so there's a bit of you know. That entitlement isn't necessarily there,
4: um,
2: and obviously the financial side of things is a worry. Um, but it's also, you know, that is part of what made that that is part of what makes being a Spurs fan quite exciting at the moment. Because for me, when I'm watching us play, it kind of feels like we're the plucky underdog, and we're we're not quite we're <laughs> Come not on. We're, we're we're don't not, get me no, started on that. No, we <laughs> yeah. no. We're, 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 no, no in respect that you know, when we're going up against the likes of the financial you know, power of City, ball. the financial the financial power of City, the heritage of you Liverpool, earlier, United, and then the financial power of Chelsea, you know, it's kind of it, it's just a little bit more of like it. It still feels it just feels a bit temporary still to for me. You know, yeah, I think it feels like it. It just it might
1: not last forever. Get Kane to Chelsea spending power. I bet you, you kind of
3: well. you kind of strangely see that as well. <laughs> yeah.
1: How were you reacting yesterday, Alex? Were you watching live when uh, Keen was going in on Jamie Redknapp? Uh,
2: well, I, I, you take you take what Keen says with a bit of salt these days.
1: So I just wondered, <laughs> I, I wondered how you were reacting while watching it. Um... I was a little. Oh. Well,
3: do you know
2: what? You I, was bit, I, I was a bit. I was a bit. I was a bit bipolar with it in the respect of there was <laughs> things that he was saying was riling me up, and I was thinking, oh, "Come on, do us a break, would you? Like grow up a little bit." And then I was kind of like, "Oh well, he is making a good point." I was like, "You know, you know that." I was like, literally jinxing and then counter-jinxing myself.
3: It was a sort of tennis I- match back and forth where you thought, "Oh yeah, okay, that's not bad from him," and then back to the other one, you thought, "Okay." I'm
1: I did completely agree with his take on being an international player. I don't know why that's such a thing that's like put forward.
3: But then, uh, Redknapp did have a point that they are decent country. You know, it's not like he's saying, oh, he plays for. You know, he's a Kazakhstan international. Yeah. He's
1: big enough for Wales international.
3: <laughs> yeah, true. And the only problem was I remember his Keane's ran against the hair, wasn't it? it was an established international goalkeeper. And then, <laughs> You've then gone and said that, but he was very much in the heat of the moment. So I think anything he knows. said in there,
1: it doesn't matter what you said last week, just say this. We chest. That, and you're is all
3: enti- good. that is entirely true. And when you've got Red Knap, he knows he can eat him alive. It was, it was very reminiscent, I thought, of Shearer on Genus, where you just thought this guy's just going to eat the other one alive, even if the well, other was, one's got a point
1: because he didn't see it coming, I think. If yeah. he was able to like psych himself up before, and if he, but it was he was put on the back foot immediately, and he was playing defensive because about three times he kept saying like he's regular not, not a good player, and it's like you've taken the tiniest little thing he said there, and that's you then running. And he kept saying about uh Elder World, didn't he? Where he kept saying he getting that Man United back line like he was really getting one over on uh, Keith. Keane just wasn't having any of it.
3: I, But then I thought I thought the points he was raising there were, were, were good points in terms of, and that Keane didn't have anything. I thought Keane was a little bit like your fella down the pub who would say, well, from Spurs, who are you going to take other than Kane's son? Which does ignore the fact that... And, and this probably leads into some of the Spurs fan mentality that AJ's just shown there, where you think this is a very, very good team that should be there or thereabouts. Some of the players they've got, Regan is one of the best left-backs in the league. Heuberg is one of the best holding midfielders. And Dombale is a great player. So I think Hoiberg's a fraud. But, but it seems, he's a holding midfielder who breaks up the play and keeps it simple. There isn't too much to do. I'm not expecting him to be, you know, uh, perler. Red didn't
1: say it with his chest. That's the issue. He didn't say yeah. it with any confidence. Yeah,
3: that, that is it. But I just, yeah, I did think, Keane was sort of just taking a sort of a big sweeping statement across Spurs where I thought I think in in an odd way you're kind of giving Mourinho a get out here and saying this this is a talented squad he should be getting more of.
1: I like that Keane and Soonis almost have this like respect between each other where they won't dig at each other. They just know like they're the two biggest boys in this (laughs) playground. It is, isn't it? (laughs) Look, we don't need to argue with each other when we can just pick on everyone else because once there's a point they'll usually just smile and nod even if they disagree because they just don't need that certainly true yeah it's
3: certainly true
1: um, should we uh, go on to the boxing then and uh, round things off for today if uh, I, mean, I don't know if Jack or Alex watched Canelo at the weekend but
0: <laughs> no we didn't Didn't stand for Canelo I'm
1: oh, sorry I did
0: Right, see you
1: boys later then. Uh, Alex, ask... I'll ask you before you go.
0: Yeah, Alex, don't
1: you worry. It's my favourite part of the pod on a Monday. The question. <laughs> Kill Bill and Speed this week. Um, hard.
2: Um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Speed.
1: Oof. Just...
2: I... I Kill Bill, Kill
1: Bill, yeah. I'm watch speed. Kill Bill tomorrow, I think.
2: Yeah, I'm going to go with speed. I, I think I, I probably could do with re-watching Kill Bill, to be honest. Uh, maybe I'll appreciate it a bit yeah. more now. What
1: but... TK does, watch along with the pod. Get them episodes on well, well, a bit I, more flavour to them. I try to, I try
2: to. I, I try to when I can. I, I, I listen to every episode, so yeah, I try well, to.
1: You love to hear that. But anyway... We'll bid you farewell and see take get a little bit. Get the Mexican views in before we uh, <laughs> call it a day. All right. Cheers. So. Adios. All right. And then there were two. Just a little bit here, then. So mm. Canelo's taken a lot of criticism this weekend. I mean, I've seen posters made of Canelo alongside a punch bag uh, for <laughs> his next main event. And uh, I. I if this was him fighting once every nine months, then I'd be all aboard the criticism. But what is it like less than three months after fighting Callum Smith and then two months before facing Billy Joe Saunders? I don't think you can be too critical, can
3: you? No, I've, and I think they pitched it well with that. You know, I think it's it's less than three months since he fought Smith, isn't it? Was that December? Yeah. So then you've got that sort of, that turnaround and as good as, they're basically saying the Saunders fight is getting that straight out of this, didn't they? So we know what's coming. Um, I think it's the perfect way to pitch it. And when you've got a guy who you know will face all comers, you yeah. can kind of allow allow this one off, especially when it is a mandatory. I mean yeah, it wasn't a
1: therapy it was no mandatory.
3: serious questions gotta be asked as to how he was mandatory. But
1: because he lost think, his last fight to Durrell.
3: Exactly, and then obviously he's lost to Eubank before as well, so there's I mean, I was glad the fight got made for the simple fact we could stop seeing people complain about the fight about to be being made because that seemed yeah. to drag on constantly <laughs> of these talks of is going to get the shot. So well,
1: same people that said that weren't complaining when he fought Rocky Fielding. They were saying that oh, it's great to see a, a girl like that getting a shot to try yeah, and upset
3: the odds. For sure. I was kind of glad you brought the subject up because I hadn't seen a huge amount of criticism for Canelo in, in terms of what what I was expecting. it was how-
1: largely um, at the time as it was going on. So the spitball right, the spitballing uh, Twitter timeline, admittedly, a lot of it is MMA fans. So they're very much casual boxing fans, which I'm sure a lot of them would admit to. And
3: a and little it just bit so us happened, against them,
1: isn't it? Yeah, so it just so happened that it did actually clash with... Um, the UFC main event, but the main event was that bad. But I think a lot switched over, um, with (laughs) Gunn and Slim pickings on the night, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it was one of them where, you know, when it gets past that second round of a heavyweight fight in the UFC, (laughs) I know what's happening. (laughs) Um, so Canelo obviously is an event in itself. It's the closest thing to like a McGregor in, um, for a worldwide audience, I'd say, where you're choosing sure. whether he's facing Yildirim or he's facing Golovkin. But a lot of them were saying, what's the point in this? It didn't help that Yildirim barely threw a punch. Um, and so he was taking a lot of criticism saying, is he going to face anyone that punches back? Because a lot of people don't know what Callan Smith was hyped up to be. So they've seen him batting callan yes. Smith with not really a glove coming back.
3: From, I mean, from that point,
1: there's two easy. in a row, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, they were at the time, there was a lot of outrage there, saying, what's the point? Why is he doing this? Uh, you get the same couple of people that say, it's a fix. You can tell by the fact he wasn't throwing punches back. <laughs> and all of this business. And annoyingly, which I'm sure got a lot of people, you didn't even get the satisfaction of the whole like, real knockout because uh, he went in there for the payday, whether it was mandatory or not, that was the main appeal I don't think it was I could be a champion here, it was I'm facing Canelo for all this cash and then he spied him enough times to know it doesn't get any better from here his corner did the right thing where they said the look, do you want to carry on? Let him say yes and then he maybe blinks his eyes a couple of times and they said no I'm not going to let this carry on so yeah, we got it was... out and, and... <laughs> everyone's
3: happy. It, it was exactly what I would have done if I was going in there with Canelo. But obviously, the issue being there, I'm not a <laughs> professional boxer. You sh- shouldn't be going in there. So we want to see were... a little bit more from you.
1: You'd be a tank at 168 if you got beefed up to that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd uh, I'd be desperately trying to drag Canelo back down to those uh those like middle days. But
1: yeah. Yildirim, the fact there was the stories beforehand, which they do to try and say he knows his weaknesses. Where they say they spun hundreds of rounds together, they know each other perfectly. So all those things that were used to sell it beforehand, afterwards then goes against it. And for us, that we're happy that he's then fighting again in two months. If you're already unhappy that it was a mismatch, and the second it's over. It's not even like you've got the guy outside of the ring where it's on the off chance that he loses, then he stays outside there. When you've got a promo package that you can put straight on afterwards, that rubs people up the wrong way as well, I think.
3: In terms of just basically you're acknowledging he was a can the whole time. Well,
1: literally, um, it, it, it wasn't 30 seconds after he'd been pulled out that they had a promo that they tweeted out (laughs) whether it was with Ed Hearn and with with Matt saying this is next this is the date this is the venue and all sorts so they literally didn't give it two minutes
3: the tricky thing is Billy Joe Thornton is going to fall into the similar sort of bracket as Callum Smith to an extent where to a wider audience they're probably just going to think he's just another one I know some American box fans are going to have seen him via Lemieux, which which is kind of helpful yeah. because obviously he looks great in that one, to the point where you know we we said before then we Rogan and Shaw were talking about him on a podcast. Don't he? Yeah. Sounds stupid, but things like that gets you great airtime. It's, it's a great sell for you. So if people have only really tended to see that for him, that's helpful because they don't have seen him you know in in Paisley Leisure Centre just about all yeah. the the or or other things well, he's got up to.
1: Well. Sheffa, Isufi, Eubank Jr., Andy Lee have all managed to take rounds off Billy Joe Saunders, but yeah. apparently he's too slick for Canelo so <laughs> to take a round off him. If he uh, was this, if he was this slick, and his output was well, rough off the last fight, but we've seen Lomachenko go in there where his his output is still uh, an extremely high volume, despite the fact that he's extremely accurate and he's dancing around the ring. Billy Joe Saunders, however, falls into the opposite side where yes, you're you're slick, yes, you're kind of fleet footed but you're also throwing that little punches around that you're banking on the other person not being able to land on you, which Canelo we've seen will wow you at output. And I think the, the stagnation in terms of Opposition for Billy Joe Saunders is going to be his undoing there.
3: Yeah, and it's not getting talked about an awful lot, but I, I don't think we've seen an awful lot from Billy Joe at super middle either. You know, I think middle probably horrible,
1: is. Horrible.
3: I think middle probably is his better weight, yeah. and the the level of opposition we've seen him at against the super middle hasn't really told us anything. So going no, in, you
1: know, Sufi, Marcelo Casares. Martin Murray. Martin Murray
3: out of retirement and then straight in with Canelo. It just that Costera's
1: troubled him as well, didn't he? Before he knocked him out because it was on one of the YouTube undercards. It was on KSI um, Logan Paul one didn't
3: it? You may be
1: right because they put him in there as the kind of show stealer and he stunk the gaff out. <laughs> Got wobbled by this awful, awful bloke. The 59th ranked middleweight in Argent in uh, the world, sorry not in Argentina. That would be really wrong. <laughs> but I mean, the, the the guys just lost to Sebastian Papeshi in a leisure center in Argentina. Christ, looks 15 and three. So that's the kind of level he was in with.
3: Yeah. So yeah. It, it... No, see, I'm, I'm not saying he can't. You know, stylistically, at least he isn't giving Canelo something a little bit different. So I guess there's that angle. But this kind of idea that he's going to go in and just Mayweather him, like Canelo isn't yeah. a lot better than that. And like Billy Joe is nowhere near as good as Mayweather. I can't get on board with that, I'm afraid.
1: Some are buying in as well, saying like, wrote off Fury against Wilder. Everyone that picked Wilder to be Fury, myself included also did acknowledge the skill set of Fury would be perfect to beat Wilder in that case, but also acknowledged Wilder's was perfect to beat Fury. And the crossover isn't anything like the Canelo-Billy Joe crossover in... No. Canelo Canelo can also do what Billy Joe does. Uh,
3: That's it, you think? Canelo wins rounds in a way that Wilder doesn't he's shown he can take a shot in a way that no heavyweight is probably able to take a shot in yeah. the same sort of way. They land on, on land on a a... Because I don't think one has got a bad in, but if heavyweight no. lands on Literally you... He's a gypsy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's... So it kind of becomes... How does he win here? Yeah. Canelo's the puncher and the boxer in there, really.
1: Is he back with Ingle, or is he with Davison there? Good question. It can't be good that he's switching. Yeah, he might he might go. I don't think it matters, to be honest. I'd just rather he lost with Ben Davison in his corner.
3: (laughs) Uh, uh, I I saw something from Ben Davison not so long ago where he was talking about Billy Joe as as if he wasn't training him, but I might be uh, twenty first
1: September twenty twenty on the zone. Billy Joe Saunders reunites with trainer Mark Tibbs.
3: Mm. Yeah, I, I just cause that I'm certain about Tibbs.
1: It's a shame. I do like I do like Mark Tibbs, but <laughs> I also really don't like Billy Joe's on this, there we go. Uh, so I mean I think that should just about do us for today. So uh, yeah, thanks again for listening. We'll be back Friday with another episode of Movie Madness. and back next Monday with another episode of Spitballing Pod, as always. Thank you. Goodbye.